Welcome to the Amazing Starts Here podcast. That's Billy Harner. My name is Keith Rad. We work for the Brooklyn Cyclones. I'm the team's broadcaster. Billy's been there forever as the director of communications and media relations. And with everything changing in minor league baseball, but at the same time, everything coming under one umbrella with the New York Mets, the Brooklyn Cyclones being full-time partner of the New York Mets, being a full-season affiliate, we figured, what better time than now to create a podcast, a platform where we can tell stories. And uh, Billy, I, th- I hope that this idea uh, become something better than, hey, we're reading some stats from some guys uh, who are playing well this year, and we make it a little bit more. So what do you think about the project? Yeah, I think we both have had experience dealing with guys on the minor league level over the past, you know, for, for myself, more than almost two decades, I guess, which makes me feel incredibly old. Um, and yourself, you know, broadcasting throughout your career. And these guys all have stories, and, you know, they're more than just the, the back of a baseball card. And that's what we're sort of hoping to, to bring here and getting people the opportunity to know these guys on a personal level and get their, see their personalities and find out their stories before they get to the big leagues. And uh, that's what we hope to do here and, and give people a little bit more of a insight into what goes on in the minor leagues. You know, there are a lot of people that may be Syracuse fans or Binghamton fans or Brooklyn fans or St. Lucie fans, but they don't necessarily um, get the opportunity to follow guys up and down the system or um, find out how the other teams are doing if they're just going to, you know, Cyclones games, for example. So we hope to have this be sort of a, uh, a Times Square of, uh, of Mets minor league info where everybody can sort of come and gather and, and find out what's going on. And the coolest part about hopefully something like this is that if we do an interview with a player who's 18, 19, just getting started, we wanted to put it in a place where when that guy is lucky enough to crack the big leagues or becomes an all-star down the line, however long, you can go back and see the growth and see the transition and the change of you know, people that are just excited to be here and then all of a sudden become all-stars, which Billy and your experience, you've seen that. You've seen you know the, the Nimmo's walk through the door and all of a sudden they're in they're in the big leagues so i think that is another cool part of it too yeah and that's always been sort of my my favorite part of working with the cyclones over the years has been um seeing guys like brendan nimmo the example you said you know he, he was a, a young kid out of wyoming 18 19 years old when he came to brooklyn um and he was just amazed with the fact you could see your neighbors and see the houses around you and uh, <laughs> sort of the hustle and bustle of the city for his first experience in, in, in New York. So to see him and get to know him at that level uh, when he was a, a, you know, a rookie starting out to where he is now and, you know, what he's become with the Mets and the success that he's had, it's, it's really cool to see. And then, you know, our slogan in Brooklyn for years has been uh, amazing starts here because, you know, it is the, the starting point for so many guys like Pete Alonzo and Michael Conforto and, and, and on and on. Um, so we thought we'd sort of carry that over and, um, talk about the entire organization using that same motto as, as they're all trying to become uh, the, the next big league stars over at City Field. So as the minor league uh, system changes and we go from 160 affiliates to 120, things, at least from a fan's perspective, are simplified. So the Mets now have four full season affiliates, AAA Syracuse Mets, the AA Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the Cyclones fit in at the advanced A level, and then St. Lucie, goes to a low A level. And then you have the GCL Mets, which is kind of your instructional uh, local teams, kind of the younger guys who are just getting their bearings in affiliated baseball, a place to play. It's There's stats, everything's kept together, there's a schedule, but it's not as prominent as a full season. So no longer the Cyclones are short season. There is no more rookie affiliate, short season Kingsport, a lot of changes. But 
the simplification of everything has allowed us to say, okay, Bill, we've got four places, four teams, four stories to tell, and getting everything under one roof, at least from a fan's perspective, this is a place where we'd like to do that. So we will talk to everybody, AAA, AA, high A, A. We'll talk to farm directors. We'll talk to scouts. We'll talk to players. Anybody that's involved with the Mets, we hope to have on this show. So uh, I think, for, Bill, everything becomes simplified now for uh, for these folks. And today, we've had some news. So the leagues have finally been announced. And that is why we wanted to talk to everybody today and start this podcast off with this. What is going on? What does it finally look like at the end of the day? So the, the Cyclones will be in no longer the New York Penn League, but the the high A Eastern League North Division. So <laughs> things will change. It's a 12-team league, five teams in the North, seven teams in the South. And some of you who aren't that great at math, hey, I, brought, I majored in broadcasting, so I took one math class all four years of college. But we could still look at it and say five teams in the North, seven teams in the South. And Billy, what were your, your first thoughts at this list, which we'll go through team by team. But what was your first thought when you saw this is what it's going to look like? Um, when I first looked at the, the the full list that Major League Baseball released today uh, about the new player development system, you know, if you're a fan of the Syracuse team, you know, things are pretty much the same. Um, you're going to be playing the same teams. You're in the AAA league. It's pretty much the same. Binghamton, pretty much the same as well. There's a, a few um, changes there with Somerset coming in instead of Trenton. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty much status quo. Uh, you're going to be playing the same guys in St. Lucie playing the same guys, same team. You're just going from high A to, to low A. Where it gets interesting is where the Cyclones come in because the New York Penn League no longer exists. Basically, short season baseball no longer exists, whether it be in the Appalachian League or uh, the New York Penn League in, in terms of the Mets organization with Kingsport and, and the Cyclones playing in those leagues. The only leagues that will exist will be the, the GCL and the Arizona League um, as well as the Dominican Summer League. So this league that the Cyclones are in now, is a cornucopia of teams from all over the place. You have teams from the New York Penn League uh, in Aberdeen and Hudson Valley, as well as the Cyclones. You have teams from the South Atlantic League. You have teams from the Midwest League. You have teams from the Southern League. Um, so it's sort of a hodgepodge of people thrown together. And the footprint, when you're looking at it, is, is pretty daunting. It's going from Hudson Valley, I think, is probably the, the most north uh, team in the league. And then you're going down to Rome, Georgia, um, which that is a, a pretty f- far footprint. Um, but I think they realize that in, in, in this league and what it's going to become uh, down the road is you're not going to be having, you know, guys taking 16-hour bus rides, you know, four times a year going from Hudson Valley to, to Rome um, or from Brooklyn to Bowling Green. Um, I think with what they're doing with this entire system is to try to eliminate that and uh, try to make travel a lot easier and a lot more um, localized. So if you're looking at the North Division of where the Cyclones are playing, Aberdeen, Hudson Valley, the Jersey Shore, formerly known as Lakewood, um, and Wilmington, those are all easy trips for, I mean, for, for, for what you're used to in the, in the New, York, New York Penn League. I mean, there's no team like going to Staten Island like the Cyclones have done in the past, which, you know, is a 25-minute trip back and forth, depending on tolls. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's reasonable. You're, you're dealing with probably like three and four hours windows for, for your, most of your opponents, which isn't terrible in terms of, um, what minor league baseball has been. So that part I think is, is good. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see when the schedules come out next week, 
um, how they sort of fit in the North division versus the Southern division. Cause as you said, it's five and seven. So uh, there's always going to need to be somebody playing a Southern division opponent because you have an odd number of teams in, in both um, the North and South division. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think, you know, with the Southern division being Asheville and Bowling Green and Greensboro, um, Greenville, Hickory, you know, most of those teams aren't that far. Bowling Green and Rome are probably the, the outliers um, that are going to be uh, a bit of a hike for some of these teams. But um, my big takeaway was just I'm excited that this is sort of out there now. And it seems like, you know, there's some steam headed towards a season for us and, and for all these affiliates. And for so long, this has been an unknown. I mean, from when the season was canceled last year um, until, you know, things started to trickle out this year in December um, to now, you know, now there's no more rumors. There's no more, you know, I wonder what's going to happen here. You know, we're starting to have some clarity in terms of what the new system looks like. And I think, you know, when you look at it from top to bottom, it, it does make a lot of sense what they were doing. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting started here and, and, and finding out some more about a schedule and when we can all actually look forward to playing some ball. So there was an, also a question too of that, 12th team because everyone did some counting with the Northeast and the Carolina area. The question mark was, is Bowling Green in, which is in Kentucky, or is Lake County in? Just because of geographical proximity to us in the Northeast. But it turns out Lake County remains in the, the former Midwest League, which is now the low A Central Division. Uh, Central League. It's going to be fun, Bill. No longer will we Roll have right off the top. names. <laughs> so, right off the as you said, I'm going to run down the list of the North. So, all of these teams are, like you said, close proximity. You have the Aberdeen Ironbirds who come from the, the New York Penn League. That's the Baltimore affiliate. That's 160 miles from Brooklyn, two and a half hours. I love that trip. It was quick. I just finished my, my game recap and maybe the first half of a movie on the bus by the time we got back to Brooklyn. Then Hudson Valley stays as the New York Yankees affiliate. That's 93 miles, an hour and 45 minutes. We used to leave the morning of. That may change. Then you said Jersey Shore. The Blue Claws, which is the Phillies affiliate in Lakewood, New Jersey. They're making me go down to the Jersey Shore in the summer, Bill. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. 65 miles, an hour and 15 minutes. All these are car times on Google Maps. This is just a simple, simple thing. And then you have the Wilmington Blue Rocks, which is a Wilmington, Delaware, the Washington Nationals affiliate. 120 miles away. It's a two-hour drive. Those are all very palatable. And I think that was the goal for Major League Baseball to do with this travel. But these are all... Times and miles away in the south. Asheville Tourists, the Houston Astros affiliate, 700-mile drive from Brooklyn, 11 hours in a car. Bowling Green, Kentucky, the Hot Rods, Tampa Bay affiliate, 865 miles, 13 hours. Greensboro, North Carolina, the Grasshoppers, the Pittsburgh affiliate, 535 miles, 8 to 9-hour drive. Greensville, South Carolina, the Drive, Boston affiliate, 730 miles, 11 and a half hours from Brooklyn. Then the Texas Rangers affiliate, Hickory, North Carolina, the Crawdads, 640 miles. That's 10 hours. Rome, Georgia, the Atlanta Braves affiliate, 880 miles, 13 to 14 hours. And finally, the Winston-Salem Dash, North Carolina, a little more palatable, Chicago White Sox affiliate, 560 miles, 9 hours. Now, my question to you, Bill, having... Uh, dabbled in seeing schedules time and time again over the years. Cyclones used to go to Ohio and West Virginia and Vermont. 
every once in a while, sometimes Auburn and Batavia. <laughs> With this schedule, what do you see as far as, hey, what the Cyclones are going to play the South. How are they going to get there? What's it going to look like? What does the travel look like? What does the schedule look like? Which, again, we don't know yet. Yeah, for, from what has been sort of reported and I think what has been discussed in terms of um, the priorities in making this schedule and, and what minor league baseball is going to look going forward is a lot more days off um, for rest and recovery. Um, the Cyclones had 76 games in 81 days. That's not going to be the case anymore. You know, you're looking at something where potentially you're going to have one off day a week where you're going to be playing six days in a row and then one day off and then six days in a row and one day off. So you'll have uh, potentially a schedule that looks Tuesday through Sunday with Monday as an off day or, um, you know, Wednesday through Monday or whatever it is with, with uh, off days scheduled out in advance. So that is good, obviously, for the players um, and giving them more time for rest and recovery, which has become such a important part of um, what minor league baseball is, is, is about and what player development has become about. Um, but in addition, it's also going to be very important in terms of the travel, because if you're going to be have to, having to go to these faraway places, you know, it's not going to be like the days of, uh, you know, finishing up a, a game that goes 12 innings at, in Coney Island and then jumping on a bus and going up to Vermont and getting there, um, you know, the next, the next afternoon um, in, in some cases. So um, those days are going to go away. So it'll, I think it'd be a little more palatable to do trips where you're going to be going from Brooklyn to, you know, say a, a halfway point, whether it be Greenville or something like that, and then continuing it on your way. And then on your way back, you'll have another off day. So, um, you know, you're not going to be having these, these periods where teams are playing in, you know, 13 days in a row or two weeks, whatever it becomes. Uh, right. It's going to make that a lot easier in terms of, of travel. Um, if that's what it becomes, there is also the possibility that it becomes, you know, like the old school American league and national league where, um, you know, down the road, there becomes six and six, even split in, in the divisions. And um, you don't go out of division except for maybe once a series or once a season to play each team, three at home, three on the road, something like that. So, uh, there's a lot to be seen once the schedules come out, but um, it'll be interesting. And it, I think it's a it's a problem that is very particular to this league in particular, um, because it is such a, a like the other leagues. There's a little more continuity. The, the Florida State League, they all sort of stuck together and are still playing each other. And uh, like I said before, these are this is a cornucopia of teams from four different leagues that were put together. Um, I've used the the uh, analogy of it's like when you're putting together Legos with your kid or you're putting together an Ikea dresser and all of a sudden at the end you're like, oh, there's all these pieces. All right, oh, whatever, we'll just figure it out. <laughs> and that's sort of what what, uh, what this league looks like it, it sort of became. And um, the, other, the other part with that I'm excited about with this league is that the affiliates um, are, you know, traditional Met rivals uh, in terms of you're right, going to be right. playing the Phillies, you're going to be playing – the Nationals, you're going to be playing the Yankees. So um, you're going to be, you know, seeing these teams a lot more. I mean, the uh, Cyclones played Williamsport maybe once a year, not every year. Um, you know, we had a, a great rivalry with Staten Island, and I think that'll carry over with Hudson Valley. Um, but, you know, we really never played any of the Nationals teams. Um, once the, I think they were in Auburn, and, you know, that was that, was that and we never really played them because of, of the distance. So 
Um, I think it'll be good. I think I think it'll be interesting too because now you're going to have these guys that go to the big leagues and play each other 20 times a year, potentially playing each other 20 times a year everywhere as they're working their way up the system, um, whether it be in this league or in the you know the Florida State League, Double A, Triple A as it goes on. So it'll be interesting to see in how uh, you, you'll ha- how that affects the player development as well. Because if you're used to seeing this guy, you know, four or five times a year every year in the minors. And then you get to the big leagues, you know, it's not going to be such a, an adjustment, I don't think. So a lot, a lot of interesting things to see how this plays out down the road. But this is the start, and uh, we're excited to have a start. Yeah, you have Rome all the way to Georgia for the uh, Atlanta Braves. And like you said, Phillies are in Jersey Shore. Wilmington has Washington. Hudson Valley has the Yankees. Miami goes to Beloit. They're in a totally different, different league. But like you said, you, you have those rivalries. You have Pittsburgh, you have Boston, Texas. Uh, things are always heavy with Tampa Bay when they used to be in Hudson Valley. Another question that fans might have and broadcasters is that AAA, they fly commercial because it's such a vast league. AAA, you're seeing, though, 13,000, 14,000 fans. It's a top dollar in the minor leagues. They have a little bit more money so they can afford tr- uh, flights. You don't really see it at AA. Would Cyclones fans expect, and broadcasters expect, any flights, do you think? Is that feasible right now to these de- destinations in the South? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in, involved in these you know, upper-level conversations, obviously. Um, as I sit here in my basement, clearly I'm not at an upper level. Um, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's something that you know, will, will, will happen at this level. Um, in the past, it was just AAA, and it was just – a certain number of trips, you know, you're looking at, you know, when they, New Orleans was playing in the Pacific Coast League. So you had a very far distance from Tacoma to New Orleans, for example, um, where it's just impossible to take a, a bus in that instance. Um, I wouldn't necessarily think that there's going to be a lot of plane travel if there's any plane travel at all. Um, but again, we'll have to see what happens with the schedule when that comes out. Um, that's a, especially at this time of where we are, where we're going to be having limited capacities and uh, teams have lost an entire season. I don't think financially it's uh, feasible for a lot of these teams to not only take on the expense of having two buses for uh, commuter trips or local trips, like you know when we're going to Hudson Valley or Aberdeen or whatever from Brooklyn. Um, you know that's that's an additional expense. Obviously, having a second bus, which we've never had previously, um, so adding a, a flights to it, I think that would be something that's not necessarily palatable, particularly at this time, based on uh, where we are in, as, a, as an industry in terms of our finances. So when this whole discussion about minor league baseball contracting and changing happened, a lot of that was surrounded as, as well with, there's so many players, there's so many different leagues and different levels how do we pay these players a little bit more? And that was also part of the announcement today. You'll see player salaries increase. And a lot of that just happens to be with we've contracted. We now have trimmed the fat, so to speak. I know that when I say trim the fat, I'm talking about players and lives and careers. That's the business of the game. But what did you think when you saw that, okay, now that we have four main full season affiliate levels instead of sometimes seven or eight, we could pay these players a little bit more. What did you think about that? Yeah, when you look through what, what Major League Baseball put out today, there's a lot of good things that are coming from this. Um, obviously, 
I have friends, you have friends that, you know, lost their jobs, that lost their affiliations that, you know, especially in the, in the New York Penn League, um, there's a lot of teams that just closed operations, which um, we, I don't take lightly. And, you know, this industry and this, this sport has brought me basically everything that I, I have. So I'm very appreciative for it. So I know how difficult it would be to have that all taken away. So let me just get that out of the way from, you know, we're not making light of all these people losing their jobs and definitely not, and, definitely and, not. you know, stadiums closing and, and cities losing their, their affiliates. We know that's terrible. Um, but on the other side, what major league baseball has been able to do in terms of increasing player salary. And it's not just, you know, pennies on the dollar, you know, some, there's going to be increases up to 72% in, in salary for people um, for the 2021 season. So that's a, that's a big improvement in terms of, you know, their ability to, to live and provide um, as they're working their way through the minor league system. You know, in, in Brooklyn, we typically have 18 to 22 year olds. Um, so we don't necessarily think of the guys in double A AA and triple A that are supporting families. Um, so having an increase in your salary from between 38 and 72% for some of these people is obviously a great thing. Um, then also their, their focus on uh, modernizing facilities and, um, you know, we're going to be a part of that. Basically every team that's in major league baseball or minor league baseball at this point is going to be part of this, you know, even the newest facilities are going to have to make some, some upgrades to make things a little more, uh, professional, um, and a little more comfortable for the players. So that's obviously a, a good thing as well. Um, reduced in-season travel, which we've sort of talked about, um, but also I think the idea of potentially having longer series and not necessarily three-game series or two-game series or four-game series, you know, you're potentially, if you're going to make some of these longer trips, maybe you go there for a week and you're there for six days and then you come home. So it's you're not going to be getting on a bus again and you can sort of set up and unpack your luggage in a hotel, which is... Uh, a rarity when you're in the minor leagues. Um, so I think that kind of stuff is, is all great. Um, and I think that's going to come at us and make lives a lot better for, for the players. I mean, we see sort of on the back end what these guys go through and what, um, what life is like, you know, when you, I've worked in the major leagues, I worked with the Mets and you see the clubhouses and the cars and all the stuff that these guys have when they're coming into the big leagues. Um, it's a little bit different when you're in the minor leagues. So having these guys adjust and not have to, you know, worry about buying off the uh, the dollar menu at, at McDonald's to get a meal or um, eating Chipotle for 150 consecutive days like JT Real Muto <laughs> and Christian Yelich said um, when they were in the minors. So um, letting these guys have real meals from time to time and letting them get some sleep and not have to, you know, when you come home from a road trip at 2 o'clock in the morning, come back the next day at noon and be raring to go again. So uh, the the more off days, the, the less in the travel, increase in pay. That's all great stuff that's coming from this. And, um, you know, it's sad that there's going to be less teams and it's sad that there's going to be less, um, you know, players, you know, some of the guys, when you look at our teams that I'm sure either of, either of us have worked for some of my favorite guys are the guys that, you know, are going to be coaches or are going to be, um, you know, maybe make it to high a and call it a career at that point. Um, those are some of my favorite guys that we've worked with over the years. So a lot of those guys aren't going to be there anymore because there's just less jobs. Um, so that's, that's sad, but um, in, in overall in the grand scheme of things, you know, the increase in pay and all the other stuff I think is going to work out uh, well for, for what these players are going to be doing going forward. 
So this podcast will continue on throughout the whole year. We'll touch on, we'll nerd out with minor league rules and regulations and leagues and who's in and who's out and uh, what that looks like, what the schedule looks like. As Billy said, that is supposed to come out soon, we're told. So that is exciting because as soon as that happens, we get baseball dates on our calendar again. People like Billy and I actually can sleep at night instead of thinking, I did work in baseball once, right? That, that happened to me once. So... And I think the one thing that you said is interesting as I look at this north-south. I used to work in the Atlantic League with the Long Island Ducks, and they would play the Sugarland Skeeters in Texas, and they would fly. But when they got there, they'd play a five-game series or a six-game series. And uh, that is an interesting cultural thing, too, because, you, hey, I'm going to spend six days in Sugarland, Texas, and you know get to know the place and uh, be on vacation and play some games. So when you can when you can have that and stay in a place for longer, I think it – it, it brings more baseball to those areas. It, it opens up the leagues a little bit more. You, you learn about some places that you've never been before, which is which is pretty cool. So I know we're excited to to do that. But uh, yeah, as, and this, as this podcast goes on, I'm excited to see how it who we talk to. I know that we have some guests lined up. We're not going to spill the beans yet, but uh, hopefully we, we make this as enjoyable as possible and put it in places where you can you can hear it while you're driving or getting back to work, wherever it may be. Is um, we this country starts to get COVID under control and we go outside again and the weather gets a little bit better. So uh, the nice thing is, is that there will be baseball in 2021. Uh, Billy, I'm excited to see you again in person. That beard uh, doesn't look quite as good just uh, via Zoom or via Squadcast here. So good to see you. Hopefully see you soon. Yeah, looking forward to this. Looking forward to get this going and hopefully people can listen to this on the way to the ballpark soon. You know, that'll be uh, that's what we're all looking forward to and, and what we're all working for. So uh, see you at the ballpark soon, everybody.